0: Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, this is Scott Howell, your fearless leader and host of the Insurance Guys podcast. I am the agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's episode, please let me welcome a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama. First team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantabulous insurance agent and a better human being. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the incomparable Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. Even better after hearing that. You dang gum right. i tell you what, I am fired up about this episode today. Guys, we're going to turn a topic that could be boring into something that's going to be fantabulous for you guys to listen to and as agents, and I can't speak for anybody else out there but myself, I have the brain of of a chipmunk, okay? My little bitty tiny brain is about the size of a small water bottle, and it took me the better part of about three years in my insurance uh, my insurance career to really wrap my head around what we're going to be talking about today. And today's topic of conversation is going to be on flood insurance. Agents, this could be a huge part of your business. This could be something that you can really sink your teeth into and start selling more of and understanding more. But I am excited because we have a guest on the show today that is a flood insurance guru. And not only is he a- flood insurance guru if i'm not mistaken he actually owns the flood insurance guru.com website he is the owner of community first agency and has been in the industry since 2009 he's also a certified storm spotter the agency community first is one of the fastest growing flood insurance agencies in the country ladies and gentlemen please welcome the other incomparable mr chris green how you doing chris Good. Thank you. Oh, man, you're welcome. I'm glad to do it. Proud to have you on the show, and I'm excited to have you on the show because this is a topic of conversation that a lot of agents like myself, uh, at least how I used to be when I first got started in the business, I just didn't understand much about uh, flood insurance. And I want to spend a lot of time today talking about the process and flood insurance and let you kind of go through with our audience today and our agents about, you know, what is this flood insurance process and how can we all get, get on a better place with it? And guys, don't stop listening this is not
1: how to write flood insurance. This is going to go completely beyond what you think. Absolutely.
0: Go ahead,
2: Chris. All right. I'll kind of tell you the uh, flood insurance process. Before I do that, let me just tell you a quick story about how I got to the process. Absolutely. You know, if you've ever heard in copywriting, you know, you want your customers to be part of your story. Right. But I do flood insurance now because I am part of the story. I went to buy a dream house back in 2012. It was for closures. sitting on two and a half acres, perfect. Two and a half weeks before closing, we find out it's in a high-risk flood zone. Mm. start shopping flood insurance, 3000 4000 mm. So the realtor's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. That's the other four of the reasons why all the other closings have fallen apart <laughs> is that flood insurance is so high. I said, "Ma'am, I said, there's something wrong here. I said, these maps have just changed, this rate's wrong. I started studying it, and I was able to grandfather myself in at a $300 rate because I understood the different types of zones, the different type of laws, the year the house was built. Built, so how far back I could grandfather it. So I got to the closing table with a $350 rate, wow. and even the realtor was like, you know, how did you do that? And I said, well, actually, I have a master's in flood mitigation. Mm-hmm. So I said, I do a lot of this. I understand water tables and all this stuff. And she said, man, I could have sold that house a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to sell the same house, because I knew a lot of people were having the same issue, I transferred the policy mm-hmm. to the new owner, because mm-hmm. the new owner was having the same issue. Mm-hmm. Well, the house has sold twice more since then, and each time the buyers reached out to us said, hey, how do I? Transfer this policy. Mm. So that original policy I took out back in 09 is still going on with the flood insurance carrier.
0: Wow. And so I can see a huge benefit, not only to real estate agents, but insurance agents as well, to be able to help people through that process.
2: Yes, that's a, um, and actually that's a, probably one of the hardest things in the world to do is to train a realtor because they're just doing a thousand things. But each one of them have their own link. The first thing they do is when they get a listing, I don't even have them go on the MLS to check their zone anymore. I said, every time you get a listing, just send me the address. And I said, right off the bat, I can tell you. And then I said, if it is in a high-risk flood zone. I can tell you what kind of customer to go after. If you get a buyer, what kind of loan they're doing, how we're going to address the obstacle to remove the obstacle. And when they get ready to resell the house, how we're going to help them do that.
0: Is there ever a time they send you one that you can't get changed or is it, it just kind of is what it is?
2: Yes, I had one two weeks ago. Yeah. The house has flooded three times in the last five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell the customer not to buy it, but I'm almost like, you're not going to be able to resell it. Right. The realtor said, well, it's not our job as a realtor to tell somebody if they can resell their house or not. If that was the case, we'd never sell a property. Well, the lady was just dead bent on buying the house. So all we did is we worked with her and the buyer's state farm agent and got the policy transferred to her name and got it closed.
1: So on that note, let's, let's talk about agents a little bit. That is your number one source of business, correct? Other insurance agents?
2: Yes. Okay. Literally, insurance agents and realtors, we used to market directly to the consumer. And we're using those two sources to get us to the consumer right now.
0: And out of out of 100%, if we had a pie chart, of a like 100% of a pie chart, how many times when somebody brings you something like this that could or could not be wrong, how many times are you able to get it changed from a percentage standpoint? 30%, 50%?
2: Uh, probably closer to 80.
0: Are you kidding me?
2: Well, no, because like everybody says, NFIP, all the rates are the same. Yeah, the rates are going to be the same, but the problem is that the agent knowledge is never the same. Right. And that's what makes the difference on the rate. It's not FEMA or NFIP. It's just a simple fact they don't understand certain laws. They don't know how to apply certain themes. So they dro- don't drop some that of that knowledge
1: you, on us. Let yeah. us know, I, you know within reason. But, Take
2: a basement, for example. It's got a water heater and a furnace in there, man. You got to count that as your base flood elevation. Well, if you remove that water heater and that furnace, you no longer have to count that because it's uninhabitable. So that level does not have to count when you're talking with the flood insurance carriers. However, if you ever put anything down there, if you even finish a tiny little piece, automatically it's considered a floor, which can change everything.
1: And mm-hmm. you get into, I guess, E and O and things like that. Right? You know,
2: and I had a customer just last week. He's in the process of removing his water heater and his air conditioner, raising it up six inches, which will completely change his flood zone. And so, to give you another example, one, this is two months ago. A realtor comes to me. She said, Chris, I've been shopping for flood insurance for four months. The NFIP gave me a $20,000 quote on this $2 million home at 250000 And I said, first of all, that's great. I, mean, I said, that's a problem because you're getting $250,000 coverage on a $2 million home.
1: For $20,000.
2: For $20,000. Well, what happened was when we walked her through the process, we actually went private, and it was $5,500 at the time. She said, oh, that's awesome. I said, it is, but I'm working on sending you a $5,000 refund. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I need the contact information for your builder. We worked with her builder, the flood carrier, the lender to bring in the right kind of dirt to get the zone changed when she was building the house. And I just sent her a refund check last week for $5,000.
0: That is absolutely amazing. So that leads me to my next question. I have a bunch of insurance agencies, and we, we obviously would love to work with you guys because you sound like you really know what you're doing. So what's in it for the agent that sends you that business? When I mean, What do you... You know, if, if an agent's listening to this podcast and they want to get in touch with you and, and talk to you about flood insurance and maybe one of their clients is having kind of one of these tough flood situations, what's in it for the, the referring agency that sends you that business? I guess besides really helping their client out, right? I mean, that's well, the, the big... Well, first of
2: all, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. A couple weeks ago, I was helping one of our home insurance customers. I don't really do much commercial, but I tried to help them a little bit. So in mm-hmm. about three weeks, he gave them the right forms. We ended up losing his business completely. And I apologized and I said, look, I tried to help you on something, but here's the problem. I said, I tried to do 30 things good with you, and I should have just handed you off to someone who specializes in that. I did not give you the service you required and you needed from a professional, and that's where we come in and help these other agents. Look, you're handling your business in 50 other areas. Mm -hmm. Learn the flood, yeah. But the problem is you got to pick, you know, what you want to do every day. And most agents are like, look, I would rather not even worry about flood. My number one worry is someone trying to cross sell my customer. And we'll even put agreement in writing where we'd never cross sell that customer. Sure. And instead, what we do is say, look, what we did with this flood. I said, now your customer is going to think you're just this rock star. Exactly. Now think about your ability to go and get the other products for them because of what you just did. I just helped a Liberty agent in Ohio two weeks ago. She said, "You know, thank you so much. I was able to land the auto and a home because of the help you provided on the flood." I said, "That's the goal at the end of the day is to help your retention, help your customers have such an amazing experience, you never have to spend a dime on marketing because they go and do it for you."
0: Well, and just imagine if you're saving that part, that agent's customer two, three, five, six, seven thousand dollars on flood insurance. I mean, there, is there going to be a question about what the home and auto quote's going to be? I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? I mean, and I'll but,
2: tell you a big one right now that we're getting is commercial flood from the agents. Really. I got a deal this morning out of uh, Florida,
1: mm-hmm. and it's
2: for one of our customers in Rhode Island. She said, Hey, the rate skyrocketed. It's like four grand. Mm-hmm. I had a deal two days ago for another agent. She goes, Hey, I got this $15,000 quote. And we didn't help them as much as I wanted. I think we mm-hmm. got it down to like 8500 But what a lot of people don't realize on the commercial flood, you talk about on I mean, a home policy, personal property, and all this stuff. Imagine if a business owner's business gets flooded and they don't have business property and they don't have loss of rent or income. Imagine how fast they're going to go out of business because they don't have tenants. Right. So, oh wow, I didn't know you could offer that.
0: Right. So are you riding the majority of your business in the flood space with the NFIP or are you riding it more with the private flood groups that are now coming on board?
2: Honestly, we're riding it really more with private now.
0: Are you? Okay. yeah.
2: Because everyone's like, oh, Florida, sort of this, you know, Texas this. I said, look, that's great. Mm-hmm. I said, but that's not really a market for us. I said, well, what do you mean? I said, there's education there. I said, mm-hmm. where we do a lot of our business, there is no education. Mm-hmm. So what we're bringing is that educational source. And when we bring it, we're bringing a niche market.
0: Mm-hmm. I want you to explain to our, our agents out there, and guys, listen, to the 250,000 agents that are listening to this podcast, if you know flood backwards and forwards, just, I guess, fast forward through this part of the podcast, but there are a lot of agents out there that don't understand the difference between the the private flood program and the NFIP stuff. So can you, National Flood Insurance Program, can you explain to them just, just, a, just a brief summation of the difference between private flood versus NFIP? Yeah,
2: National Flood Insurance Program or some people call it the FEMA, the government program is exactly how it sounds. It's through the government. But I would say, including insurance agents, probably 90 to 95% of people in this country think, oh, that's the only option I have. It's either that or I can't do anything at all. Exactly. And which is simply not the case. You also have what's called the private market. Now, Mm -hmm. what private market is, is independent insurance companies, most of which is done through Lloyd's of uh, London. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize, though, Lloyd's of London has probably got 500 different contracts. And so what happens is those are really your two options. And everybody's like, well, when when can I do private? When can I do NFIP? Well, it's simple. If you're doing it on a home, then if it's FHA, VA, if it's a government-backed loan, you're going to have to go through NFIP. If it's something like a conventional loan, Mm -hmm. you got private all day long. If it's a business usually, commercial You've got private all day long, but
1: a lot of mortgage brokers confuse that that any loan has to go through NFIP, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, I just met one yesterday, and he's like, "I've been in business thirty years, and I had no idea we've been turning deals away left and right because anybody that we call for flood says, sorry, we can't help you.'"
0: I guess my question is, you know, is there ever a case where NFIP is lower than than private flood?
2: Yes, flood zone X. Okay. Uh, which is low risk zone. Okay. And this is probably the other biggest thing I right hear is uh, even oh man, this isn't in a flood zone. Everything's in a flood zone. It might be low risk. It might be high risk. But that's the number one thing where you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And flood zone X almost always in FIP. Your rates are usually three to five hundred dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars.
1: Well, and I can tell you this too. There's a lot of chatter out there amongst the consumers in the marketplace regarding flood insurance because anytime I post, if I, if you were to take any subject that I post on Facebook regarding insurance, the one that gets the most engagement is flood insurance. Yeah, because they don't understand it. They don't understand it. They're scared of it. Of course, I am coastal. But anytime I do anything about flood insurance, especially from the educational standpoint, the, the consumer engagement and the consumer attention is through the roof. So that's why I think it's so awesome what you're doing for you because you're able to sort of capture that market and capture that person's attention. Mm-hmm. I will tell you
2: this. The number one risk that I get, everybody laughs at me, is a customer who has a dried up creek in their backyard. And they're like, what? I said, what happens when you get that afternoon th- uh, thunderstorm? They said, I don't understand why my mortgage company is requiring it. I said, you will in about two
1: months. Right. Yeah. Do you ever run into this? I run into client has a flood zone that runs through his yard, but the house isn't necessarily in a flood zone. And almost always in that scenario, the mortgage company is going to say, yeah, we need flood insurance, at least on the front end. That's
2: the other thing we work on. We run what's called a cert. We take the flood cert to the mortgage company. We argue on the customer's behalf. We get it where it's not required. We go ahead and put a policy in place for about $300 a year, and both parties are happy.
1: Right. Yeah, I've had to do that before. I've had to go to bat for customers and say, look, this is not in a flood zone and, and provide every bit of proof. You know, I had an interesting situation with a former professional football player here that I wrote up an insurance policy for, and, and I actually ran a uh, FEMA determination, and uh, it said flood zone X. The particular carrier I was using, which was his only option for this house requires flood insurance if it's in a flood zone. Well, they came back and said, hey, yo, this house is in a flood zone. We need flood insurance. And this guy was adamant, I'm not paying for flood insurance. You will lose all of my business. I'm not doing it and my records are showing he's not in a flood zone so I went back and forth back and forth back and forth with the carrier and finally before I had to call this guy and say look you're going to have to buy this flood insurance I called the carrier and said could you check one more time whatever you're using to check this flood record well apparently and you may can shed some light to this apparently this whole area if you map his house he is in the middle of a terrible flood zone but he is somehow grandfathered in something about before 1984 there's this little white square in the middle of this flood zone and that's where his house sits he's grandfathered in even though he's in a flood zone he's not in a flood zone and therefore he didn't have to buy it some crazy rule regarding that
2: uh that's what i call part, it's part of the grandfathering rule and a lot of it is based on the year of the construction of the house and the year of the first uh flood insurance rate maps for the area
1: yeah and something about if the property owner didn't want to take part in that they didn't have to yep. Yep. so he actually did not have to purchase flood, but I told him, hey, you're in a flood zone, just on paper you're not.
0: Well, you know, I just, I find it very fascinating, I find it, one of the areas that consumers are the least educated is on flood insurance you know, anytime somebody calls and and needs flood insurance, usually they're in a panic, because some bank has just told them that, hey, you know, just like you did uh, we're closing in six days, and by the way, you need a flood insurance policy, so you know, it's, it's, people get hypersensitive about flood insurance, Mm -hmm. now, tell me how long is that process usually when you when you have to deep dive into one of these and start changing stuff how, how long is that process
2: uh tops usually 48 hours
0: oh really okay so not a six month process where you've got yeah. to send a letter to not someone?
2: unless i'm working with fema to get a zone changed and right. it's fema who's taking forever right. I'll give you an example i had a customer about a year and a half ago that was at 500 up front and we um worked with her over the year and got mm-hmm. it removed
0: cool Well, tell. I want you to tell the audience how how can they get in touch with you if you've got agents out there, and I'm going to highly encourage them to put you on speed dial. How do they get in touch with you if they've got a tough claim, you know, uh, flood type scenario, and they need they need somebody to hold their hand? How do they get in touch with you, Chris?
2: You can just go to my website, floodinsuranceguru.com.
0: Okay, that's the easiest. Our
2: office 205-451-4294. You can text us at that number.
0: And you, but you work even hit us
2: up on Facebook at Flood Insurance Guru.
0: And how many states are you in? How many states do you get?
2: Forty-five. And
1: so what what exactly are you doing? You know, you and I are in a mastermind group together, so I I kind of follow you. You're driving all over the country. What exactly are you riding flood insurance, or what's the the process like there?
2: Well, I've always kind of driven all over the country because of a school program that I did as well. Now when I'm driving all over the country, I'm meeting with these lenders. I'm meeting with these realtors. I'm meeting with these other insurance agents, and we're just briefly talking about flood. They're talking about their obstacles they have. They're losing this, losing that. We're really just like the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're teaching them the whole process. Mm-hmm. We're teaching them the options are out there. Most of them I had no idea that was even an option. Um, like yesterday I started talking to one girl in a particular captive office. And by the time I got done with the conversation, there were eight, uh, sales reps standing around me.
0: Wow. Let
1: me ask you an interesting question. Just for, just for my humor, what's the most expensive flood policy you've ever seen?
2: Uh, the most expensive one I've ever written was a $15,000 one a couple weeks ago.
1: What's the most expensive one you've ever seen? Have you ever seen any more, more than that? Mm, about 20. 20. Yeah,
0: fifteen twenty. But
2: so. that's also none of that's on the residential side. That's all been on commercial side.
0: Right. Well, Chris, I really, really, really appreciate you joining us today. I, I I think this is something that as agents we all need to probably put your website in our phones and and when we especially when we run across some weird crazy flood insurance you know situation and i have about one of those a month where somebody's i'm paying too much i'm not in the flood zone i'm this i'm that i gotta have it in 10 10 minutes you know that kind of stuff they they need to have you on speed dial and uh yeah, and, and
2: i'll be honest with you i am the only one in the
0: company that handles the flood i love it i love it well i i really really appreciate you being on the podcast today i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up Guys, if if you have clients that have tough claim situations, or excuse me, flood situations, if you have, you know, if you if you need somebody to write flood insurance for you, maybe you're just not comfortable writing it because you haven't been in the business very long, or you just find that it's more trouble than it's worth. Give these guys a call. Look them up, the dot com. Look Chris up and uh, and get with him and and help your clients through that process. Yeah, you may lose a little bit of premium in your agency. But if you can help them save money and satisfy their need in terms of flood insurance and give them the best price and possibly save them thousands of dollars, you are going to be a freaking superhero in their eyes. And then you're going to help your retention and keeping these people for five, ten, fifteen years. So eighty percent of something's better than zero percent of nothing. Absolutely, zero percent of zero is zero. Guys, listen to me. Get your ass out there and go sell some insurance today. Stop aggressively waiting on the phone to ring. Go write good business for the agency that you represent. Go write good business for the companies that you represent. Chris Green, thank you so much for joining us today. Bradley Flowers, I love you, brother. All right, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you you all next time on the next episode of the Insurance Guys Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys Podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com.